You are listening to the Salty Witches Podcast. I am your host, Austin. I am joined by Michael. Hello. And we have a lovely guest this evening. They've been on the podcast before. Please welcome Again. Joey. Yeah. Hey, hey, hi, everyone. Hey. How are we? Welcome back, Joey. It's good. It's good to have you back on the podcast. I love being here. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> well, and you're on this episode actually because you you really you kind of um, I, I would actually say like your your history as we we spoke on the, the prior episode that you were on your history with uh, the Christian Church with even the evangelical faith um, really was kind of an inspiration for the topic that we're going to be going over tonight mm. so so mm-hmm. for our listeners we're really we're kind of talking about this tonight because this was really a suggestion that joey had um and something that um that joey believed uh i, I and i i also i think all of us also believe like th- this this is good information to be discussing um so mm-hmm. so tonight we're going to be talking basically about uh christian witches and and kind of the the theological contradiction that pops up when we have that discussion when we talk about that or when we hear people within our community kind of explain or identify as such so um mm-hmm. so i i wanted to start first by you know really again kind of kind of touching upon the basic our basis of of at least my argument or my position on this in that the bible um, actually makes it pretty clear that anyone that can be identified or anyone that would claim to be a witch uh, is, in essence, an affront to the Abrahamic God and his and his flock, his chosen. Um, mm-hmm. For me, I think that the issue is to identify as both a witch and a Christian. It really, it's, it just doesn't, it doesn't seem possible. Um, and I think the, the issue here uh, around eclectism, because I really, I think that that's where this is coming from. You see a lot of people who are, uh, you know, again, kind of like newer practitioners, maybe not newer, but people who are working, you know, paganistic traditions, practices, witchcraft, whatever you may call it, whatever they may call it, that um, that really do kind of seem to be more of a reconstructionist or more of an eclectic kind of an approach to these things. Nothing wrong with any of that. Nothing wrong with that. Um, but... Uh, because of that, though, I think that that kind of sets a lot of these people up with uh, they basically they have an inability to deprogram a lot of the old religious, the old spiritual stuff before they find themselves now in the process of picking and choosing the new things that they believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we've we've talked about, you know, on the podcast before, that deprogramming, that process of deprogramming, can be so important. It's it's vital. I think it's absolutely vital. So, so just really, really quickly. So, so Joey, can you, can you touch on that a little bit as, you know, again, as someone who's, you know, been there, done that, someone who's still, I think maybe even in moments is still in the process of doing that for you. Um, what, what has that been like? And what, what's your, what's your position on that? The importance of deprogramming those old faiths. So I have to caveat this by saying that I still tackle this from a perspective of um one who i if i if i were to say like and and be forced to identify my theological perspectives today as Mm -hmm. a christian um like if i was like you're christian um i would say that i am what is known as a biblical literist okay so basically the bible is god literally created it in seven days um 
there was a flood, the whole shebang. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so when you leave the faith, the first thing you have to come to um, grips with is like your own cognitive bias a, a little bit. Yeah. And um, you have to be like, okay, not everything needs to be taken literally. And I think that was the hardest thing for me when I, you know, started venturing into the world of, you know, like pagan beliefs and, and things to that extent with like different deities and different, you know, mythos and things is like, I wanted to take these literally. Um, like even with our beloved Hecate, like yeah. um, you want to take what is written about her literally and you can't do that's the first thing that like you learn is that you need to take everything as as a story that has a purpose and so but when you are a christian you're taught this thing that is called uh, well you have to believe certain doctrines and yeah. i will fight anyone who says that you don't because if you don't believe certain core doctrines um Sometimes they're um, referred to as like the Nicene Creed or the Apostolic Creed, um, certain beliefs about the Bible, about Christ, about, you know, God himself. Yeah. If you don't believe these things, you are not a Christian, point blank, period. And I still believe that to this day, even though I don't identify as a Christian. Mm -hmm. So that's how I have to, when I, when I see this and I begin this discussion, I have to tackle it from that perspective because that's still how I believe. But deprogramming yeah. it, is 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 learning to be like is, is looking at the bible and things like that faith in particular and i can only speak on christianity i can't speak for the other abrahamic faiths like you know judaism islam i can't yeah. speak on those because i don't i wasn't them but, but from a christian's perspective i have to say like when you deprogram and you and you move away from these things you really need to take a step back and be like okay what was I believing literally and what I need to not believe now. Okay. Yeah. So I would right. say that's where I would start. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So getting back to, and I think this is a good talk along to kind of what you're saying or what you were saying there around these very specific doctrines, right. That we see mm -hmm. or are, are taught, you know, you know, Christians, you know, the religious, they're taught that these, these doctrines are all, of course, going to be based or found within, of course, the bi biblical text, right? So mm -hmm. getting back to the discussion or kind of the topic for tonight's episode and talking about the the issue or the contradictory sense around being a Christian, which, you know, the Bible, again, makes it very clear that you really, you can't do this. Like, this isn't really a thing, you know, and, you know, and I mean, there are particular biblical passages. I mean, um, you know, I've got a few noted here, you know, I've got like Exodus twenty two eighteen, you know, uh, good old thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. You know, mm -hmm. um, that one has always been a little interesting to me because my understanding as, um, you know, as a theologian, as someone who, who studied the Bible, um, the history or the basis for that particular passage um, it is believed that that was not actually added to biblical texts until the late 1400s, which would have been kind of roughly around about the time that the King James adaptation of the Bible. And so, so there's always been, and I know other, other theologians who have kind of argued this, other biblical scholars who argue this, but that particular passage was something that really wasn't added to the Bible until like, mo like several translations in. Mm -hmm. um, and that at the time, because of some of the political and cultural stuff that was happening around, you know, 
you know, again, the, that area of the world where the, the Bible was again, one, you know, once again being translated, that, that the, the basis for that text really primarily had a bit more to do with some of the other cultural and political issues. You know, it was very, it was very easy to demonize, um, you know, someone's spiritual practices or the way that someone lived that, you know, differed from yours as being, oh, well, this is witchcraft, this is evil, right? Um, <laughs> so I always found that to be quite interesting because that seems like it was a much later edition um, but but even if we go, you know, I mean, we we see other things like Leviticus, good old Leviticus, right? That one's full of all, <laughs> full of all kinds of, of hateful, nasty, bigoted shit. Um, yeah. But but of course, given the culture in the era in which it was written, right? This is how people were expected to live. But mm -hmm. Leviticus nineteen twenty six, ye shall not use enchantment nor observe times, which is of course kind of an odd way to say don't be an astrologer. Um, mm -hmm. Leviticus twenty twenty seven, a man or also or woman that hath a familiar spirit or that is a wizard shall surely be put to death. They shall stone them with stones, their blood shall be upon them. Now again, obviously a little bit of a different translation because we understand that the word wizard would certainly not have existed in the original text. That's um, that's pretty wizard. They're exactly, right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then finally we get you know, Deuteronomy, you know, eighteen ten through eleven. There shall not be found among you any that useth divination or an observer of times, astrologer, or an mm -hmm. enchanter or a witch or a charmer or a consulter with familiar spirits or a wizard or a necromancer. Um, and, you know, and so, I mean, the, the Bible is full of these these kinds of things that make it very clear, like, you, you, you really, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. um, so, so again, I guess, what's your what's what's your position on that because i know you you had something you wanted to kind of share to explain this you know yes. or at least the interpretation of this in the bible yeah so um going back in time when i said that um to be a christian you have to believe certain core doctrines mm -hmm. um one of those is um the doctrine of biblical inerrancy which means that um the bible is completely true Okay. Um, they use supporting texts like, um, off the top of my head, uh, Romans 3, I think 4, Romans 3, 4, which is, um, I'm not going to be quoting the uh, King James, so forgive me, um, but You're it's down. like, by no means, let God be true and um, every man a liar. So they use uh, texts like that to support that doctrine because it's basically saying, man might say this, but because God has said this, it is true. It is ultimately true. It is the highest source of truth. And because they believe that when the Bible was written, right, mm -hmm. yeah. um, there was basically they, the way they – I was ex explained to me by my teachers at um, Moody Bible Institute was because um, I started a degree in theology. And then the church found out I was gay and was like, sayonara. And then they emailed Moody and they were like, doubly sayonara. And I was like, oh, cool party. I just wasted $6,000. Oh, geez. Yeah, right. And so, but the way it was described to me is that like when the original authors of these 66 books, which they believe were written by like 42 or 44 different individuals. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, when they sat down to pen these things to paper. The Holy Spirit himself entered into their body and took over, and what uh, through inspiration is what they say. Yeah. Um, yeah. These words that were pinned to paper were God's words 
from his mouth. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why they say that the Bible is true. I'm like, okay, well, if the Bible's true, then that means every nasty thing that is written in it is also true. Mm-hmm. So when it says things like, um, they shall be put to death, you best believe they put them to death. Mm-hmm. And it's actually funny you quoted Leviticus when I was a Christian. That was one of my favorite books because, <laughs> okay, because it was, it's funny because every time somebody quotes Leviticus, I'm like, oh, so you're trying to become a priest. Yeah. Because Leviticus was written for those who were trying to become priests. Yes. Yeah. Like that was the criterion for that. Mm-hmm. And so when you see like man shall not lay with man in Leviticus, it was like, okay, well, if you want to be a priest, you're not going to be having sex with other men yeah. because yeah. of certain practices in time and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, we'll get on that later. The issue we run into, though, is that exactly what you said, translation after translation, word of mouth. Things like that, which honestly is what Christians use to support the Bible still being true is because people will be like, well, through oral history, if it was wrong, there would be somebody there that would correct you. I'm like, unless their interpretation was also wrong. Yeah. It's like, uh, again, people saying, I think you said um, before talking about how, like, you basically have to be Greek to, to, to work with Hecate. It's like, no, she was... Turkish way, way back in the day. Yeah, yeah. She didn't know. So yeah. But we we only have things like that because somebody eventually had the common sense to pen these to paper. Yeah. Like word of mouth and oral history is not a very good source. But that's a different conversation. Yeah. Um, um train of thought. <laughs> so in order to believe these things you have to believe that like the bible's true that's basically where i'm going with this yeah I'm just gonna yeah yeah no i get well and i think really maybe you know maybe that right there i mean really if we you know it's, it's you know and, and we've got a lot of other other stuff to kind of go over to cover you know to, to you know to cover our, our to explain our basis for this kind of this belief like really you can't really mm-hmm. be a christian witch this isn't really a thing right um but but i think it is probably fair even with just a little bit of conversation that we've had so far to really say that people who identify themselves as witches mm-hmm. and then also decide well i'm also a christian witch would you say as as someone who is an ex-christian right um in, in order to really to claim the title Christian, right, and really to be there, you you do have to put your faith and your belief in the Bible. Yeah. The the thing about that is is that people like to go and say, oh, well, I'm a Christian because I believe in Christ. It's like, mm, when I was a Christian, we used to have this verse. Um, I can't remember what book it is, but it's like, even the devil believes in, in God and he shudders. Yeah, yeah. So to say that you believe in Christ is not enough. It, it is you have to literally live it. Yeah. You have to see the fruit of it. And in order to do that, you have to follow what the Bible teaches. You have to believe certain doctrines and you have to avoid and do certain things. That's why uh, personally, and again, this is no no, no shade to our, our friends who are like progressive Christians and like, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're trying to be inclusive to people like in the LGBT community and, 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 and are like down for women pastors and things like that. Mm-hmm. But there's part of me that's like, you can't it's to me it has the same level as like a christian witch when you deprogram these things going back to like that that, when you deprogram these things you you literally have to come to believe that like 
it's either all true or none of it's true and we can't pick and choose yeah, like you cannot yeah. be christian and be eclectic in that belief you can't yeah. in one breath be like god is great and god is good and the next breath be like well he didn't actually mean that he to kill all the gays yeah or when in uh deuteronomy he slaughtered every boy man mm -hmm. and 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 child that wasn't born and told the israelites that was cool and all the women left over you can keep them that's fine as long as they haven't you know slept with anybody yet if they're virgins great if not you gotta kill them too yeah you're telling me that that same god is the same god that you're going you know our god is an awesome god on sunday morning really yeah really well it, 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 it is I, I, it, it is it's, it's absolutely the same same spirit <laughs> Thank so you. yes yeah so well and i think you know a lot of that of course you know people when i when i i found myself involved in that kind of that discussion or that argument you know of course there's always the the good old standby like well you know errors in translation or misunderstandings <laughs> in translation you know and touching back upon something that, that you touched that you know that you said a moment ago this the the god behind christianity is you know all, all you hear from his believers is that he is omnipotent he is he is all things and in all things right he is and you know all knowing right and so mm -hmm. i guess there's this tiny part of me that's like okay throughout the centuries as the as biblical text was rewritten rewritten translated rewritten translated mm -hmm. would would not an om omnipresent and omniscient would not a god with this level of power and 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 presence would that god not have decided oh you know what they're they're gonna kind of you know go in and make some edits maybe i should show up and make sure they do it right because i don't want them to mess up my words so right and i've never i've, I've never yeah. quite understood that and i've even asked a couple people that and they, they always give me some you know i can little, I can kind of speak on this only because I yeah I, please I, yeah, please I, please share yeah I I was um, into apologetics which is uh, you're familiar with what apologetics is yeah mm -hmm. right you, you want to for, for, for our listeners that. at home yeah. yeah for our listeners at home apologetics is basically um, defending your belief system it's not just Christians but it's very famous for Christians but you have like Islamic apologists. Mm -hmm. When you see an atheist debating a Christian, I like to say that even the atheist is practicing apologetics. Yeah. Um, basically, it's defending what you believe. Mm -hmm. um, we do it all the time when we get asked like about our particular practices, and we oh, come yeah. to defend what we believe through our experiences. Mm -hmm. So the issue is is that um, there's this branch of apologetics which is uh, called presuppositional apologetics, which mm -hmm. is the belief that because god is the ultimate source of truth everyone else is borrowing from christians to begin with the yeah. issue is is that we can dismantle this whole concept of god being uh this is where the the I, I, the circle keeps getting um the wheel gets deeper and deeper into the mud right yeah um because take them back to genesis genesis the first three chapters god creates everything and he calls it good good means perfect in the bible mm -hmm. because god is good all right. That's why they say, you know, the whole God is good. Yeah. Good means perfect. Mm -hmm. So if we go to this and we say, okay, well, if God is perfect, then he knew that like when he created these things, they would ultimately fall. Like yes. e even Adam were going to eat that apple or mm -hmm. whatever the fruit was, uh, they were going to sin and be cast out of paradise. Why did he create when he did that on purpose? Yeah, like and and that is where we keep. That's where the circle gets started to spin. You can go to every other bit of the Bible, but we go right back to the beginning, 
and they say because god had a plan to bring himself glory mm -hmm. full stop not today satan let me yeah. tell you why let me tell you why there's something wrong with that because this god exists in what we call the trinity right sorry i'm gonna get i'm gonna go on a little bit of a tangent just let me do this i promise yeah, yeah this god exists in what we call a trinity it means him the, the son and the holy spirit like god the father son the holy spirit existed in perfect unity for all time before they created creation they had already existed supposedly according to this belief system right and if we're again going back to this the bible is true then we have to believe that he's eternal which means he was there before creation he will be there after creation but he existed in a perfect unity with himself before he created angels before he created humans why would he create beings to bring him glory to 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 do this plan which ultimately christians the only re the only excuse they give when they say uh why why did god allow sin to happen was to bring him glory is everything is done for his glory mm -hmm. okay he didn't need that at all he did not need that full stop he existed perfect within himself yeah and so they like to say well that it was just to bring him glory that is their get out of jail free card which yeah. means uh, his ways are higher than our ways we just don't know why he did no no he straight up just said i did it because i wanted to bring myself glory which yeah that presupposes one of two things either he is not all-knowing because he didn't expect them to sin or two he's not all-powerful because he needed something to bring him glory and worship mm -hmm. so but to touch on the bible translation thing uh we've been quoting uh from the king james version i usually like to jokingly say which which translation of the king james because there's oh, yeah. 17. yeah yeah exactly yeah mm -hmm. and so the issue is is that we have all these translation after translation after translation and you touched upon it which one is this all-powerful being all-knowing being gonna stop and be like actually um this one is the best one go with that one yeah and how are we going to know when he hasn't done any miracles he hasn't done anything for two thousand years mm -hmm. like the last of the miracles because i was part of the branch of christianity that believed like it was the, i was the cessationist which means all of like the divine works that the apostles even did in the book mm -hmm. of acts yeah ceased after the last apostle died because the gospel had been spread that was the mission and in order to validate this message that they were doing they had to do these divine works to prove that what they were doing was correct yeah which i have theories on about like the, the Christian God allowing certain type of magical things to happen so that, you know, he can get his foothold in this world, but that's a whole different conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um, the point is, is that like, there hasn't been anything for 2000 years yet. He's supposed to just let this Bible get translated after translated. And he'd be like, actually, I didn't say to kill all the homosexuals. I said to kill all the rodents. Yeah. You know, like you would think that he would stop in and say that if it's actually what he meant. Mm -hmm. So yeah, he's you think. not so so knowing is he or he's not all powerful and he's yeah. sure as hell ain't everywhere at once because if he's everywhere at once where is he when we were at our our lowest right yeah why didn't there why was there no divine light when some of these people who are like crying out to him i don't know about you but like when i was a christian i was begging god yeah, yeah. to make me straight begging with tears make me straight i don't want to displease you but i like i like men they're pretty great yeah but like either he didn't hear me or he didn't care and all of his people 
had excuse after excuse as to why he didn't care. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I went on that tangent, but I no, promise you it all makes sense. No, you're good. And that was that was a, a, a wonderful information to share, actually. I, I thank you for, for going there because you're right. And it does, it, it, it always, to me, it always kind of really, it, it, it always came back down to the, well, the Lord works in mysterious ways. Kind of, kind of a conversation, right? And I, I, I cannot count the number of times I have heard that over the years, and I just, it just sends me into a rage every time I've heard that, every time I hear it. So, well, shit, can we get Sherlock Holmes on this then? Because, like, Jesus, God. like, come it's, on, yeah, I'm exactly. tired of these. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, ex- yeah, right, yeah, right, yes, yeah. Which is interesting if you think about it, because when we look at something like that, because mystery as, uh, as an element of our witchcraft practices is something that we're like, we welcome that, right? We're like, yes, we understand mystery is very much a component of these things, right? Doesn't always make it easy to work with those things, but but it's there. Um, so attitudes but it are... doesn't... What was Go that? Ahead. I said, well, it doesn't make, it doesn't stay hidden forever. Like, yeah. it's a mystery because, like, at this moment, it's not meant to be revealed. But our, our gods, our spirits, they're not out there going, you know what? You're not going to know anything until, you know, the end of time. Mm-hmm. Or we're not going to tell you at all because this is on a need-to-know basis and you don't need to know. Um, if yeah. they do that, then there is a reason, and I am nine times out of ten been like, you know what? I don't need to know why you're doing that, and that's perfectly acceptable. We're going to move on and do something else. Yeah. Well, and if you're working with a spirit or a god that I think is doing that to you consistently, that, that to me kind of tells me like, okay, one, maybe you're not really working with the spirit or god that you think you are. Mm. Um, or two, maybe you know, there's there's something else going wrong there because I think every and Austin can can support this. Every spirit or god that we're likely to connect with in a paganistic or a witchcraft or a folk magic practice, whatever it may be, right? Even if they're not able to give you the answer to one question, they'll give you the answer to the next. Mm-hmm. They'll give you the you answer know, to something. They'll get they'll give you something to make sure that you have enough to continue to grow and in power and in knowledge and. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're, I agree with you completely. Like, like the concept of mystery is definitely different. I think for us in our traditions. Um, so, mm-hmm. I wanted to say, you know, since we're still we're still talking a little bit about the Bible, I wanted to talk about, you know, how attitudes around witchcraft changed um, in the Bible. I think a lot over the years, you know, and and I'm talking again specifically where we see mention of witch or, or people that in a modern context we would identify as witches a lot of the time in biblical text, you know, and of course, I'm going to go right to the, the witch of Endor, mm-hmm. right? In the book of Samuel, she was sought out by Saul specifically for her powers of divination. Um, and when we talk about divination specifically, she is, of course, referenced as being someone that was aided by a familiar spirit. She was a medium. Um, mm-hmm. But the work that she did and in the culture as a woman, certainly also, she she would have been considered outside of what would have been an ex- accepted spiritual slash religious authority um so what she was doing was was definitely like this this is not a good thing this is not 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 of god um it's interesting though because she was really only identified as a witch in later interpretations of the bible and we know based on the etymological history of the word witch that had to be true um, because the mm-hmm. word witch did not exist in this area of the world or during this this era um so we know that the witch was something again that was added later on. I think to really kind of, really cast her, uh, in a very different light. You know, I, I've always kind of felt that it was most likely to separate her from connection to to spiritual authority, as defined by, Abrahamic faith, 
Um, and uh, and I think a lot of this, to be honest, comes right back down to good old fashioned misogyny and mm. to toxic patriarchy that we see within religion. I I like to tell people when they ask about like the Witch of Endor and the story behind that, it would be like if, um, so a little bit of history. The the King of Israel was he had a dual function. He was both, um, he wasn't the high priest, but he was like close to it right mm -hmm. he had to be the 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 closest to god ever yeah um and he was obviously the head of state the only other time we see that in like modern history is the pope the pope is both a monarch and he is the head of his own state and he is the, he is the leader of a world religion mm -hmm. and it would be like if the pope went to go get a tarot reading because yeah. he didn't know what to do it yeah. had that level of, uh, but then in the same breath, that same pope was like speaking out against terror readings, and yes. so it carried, it carried that weight, and and when you read the text, the the witch was like, I know who you are, like you, mm -hmm. you dressed up all fancy and looking different, but like, mm, yeah, you know damn well that like. She played along a little bit at the beginning. Yeah. She's like, oh, oh yeah. I can't. The king of Saul or the king of Israel has outlawed this. And we know it's a sin. And 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 Saul was like, I assure you. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. For me, yeah. For me, it's okay. Yeah. It's not gonna be. It's not gonna be an issue. You're gonna be fine. Mm -hmm. And then through the course, it she comes to realize. She calls him out. Be like, you're Saul, and you're coming to me. Because she did. She she successfully did what she had to do. She called up the the prophets of Daniel. Yeah. Yeah. And and Samuel, which it's funny because like Samuel comes back and he goes, "Hey, why are you calling me back? Like I was I was in the place of the dead, like I was at peace, mm -hmm. and you're calling me back to ask me a question? Like what? And but here's the two things: is like the Christian, the the, the God of Israel, the Abrahamic God, or the Abrahamic God, right? Mm -hmm. If we're going along with like this happened and he is supposed to be all powerful, all knowing, he allowed this to happen. He allowed the spirit of Saul or Samuel to come forward. So two things. Why? Yeah. And the other thing is, if he didn't want this, then is he really all powerful? Mm -hmm. Like, like. This is the very God who instructed his people to destroy these witches, yet he's allowing the spirit of one of his his prophet, one of the greatest of his prophets, actually, because I think it, no, it was Elijah that was greatest, but, this, but one of his prophets to come back and give King Saul a warning. What? Yeah. Yeah. But also it speaks to the fact of like this witch was a powerful witch to call the spirit of a prophet back from the dead. Mm -hmm. Or she was just your common medium. That would be yeah. like, it'd be like uh, Austin calling up the spirit of a dead pope, and it's the legitimate dead pope. You know, it'd be like him calling up Joe, uh, Pope John Paul II, and oh, being like, "Yep." Oh, that right. would be funny. Yeah, you should do that. That'd be fun. All right, I'm just yeah. yeah let's, let's, <laughs> let's let's not go there. All right, John, are you there? What's going on? Where, where are my offerings? What offerings do you require? I'd like to come back, please. It's dark where I'm at, and there's a lot of fire. Where are my ten thousand dollars slippers? Um, <laughs> all right. So, so I want to kind of shift a little bit into um, kind of, kind of 
more of the, like the kind of the history and, and the information that we, we're kind of basing a lot of our information on right now. Um, mm -hmm. or, or sorry, boy, I didn't word that very well. Basically, let's look at let's look at some other some other associations or some other important pieces. So so with an understanding um, that has been provided for you know fortunately by the advancements in archaeological and historical uh, studies of a lot of the cultures that we we now understand would have been involved with like a lot of these biblical kinds of texts right these old these these things um we we also know that that as an, and i mentioned this a few moments ago that magical and spiritual practitioners in these cultures and in the eras um and the language just the languages would not have been uh identified as witches they would not have called themselves witch um that was something that came along a lot later um mm -hmm. but and their practices would most likely have been a part of cultural paganistic not although at that time they would not have been considered paganistic because they they were the predominant religions they were the predominant faiths and spiritual practices of the of the cultures um uh, but but they would have been identified uh, or a part of cultural paganistic practices that predated biblical liturgy um and the only reason I'm really going here with this is this to me also is a good point because this clarifies or adds evidence to just to the truth that there is no historical precedent for Christian witchcraft like that even even now you know that is is to, for me that's something that once again kind of points this back to a this is really a phenomena of a very contemporary reconstructionist eclectic approach to witchcraft that is being done by people who have not been able to completely distance them themse themselves from past religious affiliation. Um, so mm. witches didn't, and they do not exist in these cultures. Even to this day, that same area of the world, you're not gonna go into that area of the world and find people, more often than not, you know, people openly identifying as witches. Mm -mm. And and in the process of doing that, if they are foolish enough to do that, anticipating that they will receive respect for that, or that they will not be somehow, you know, at the end of some sort of difficulty from the other people within their community. That's just that's just not a good thing. Many of those cultures are still very suspicious of what mm -hmm. that is. You know, I'm not I'm I'm not even including once again the language, right? I mean, we we throw the word witch around so. Uh, commonly, because that is, of course, that's that's our word in English, right? That's what we are in English. But how many other languages and how many other cultures out there that you know are not speaking English, right? They're like, well, we don't use the word witch for us. This is this is this, right? Or this is what we call this, or this is you know. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, I I'm just gonna outright say it personally. I feel like the people who call themselves um, and this might be um, controversial. Sorry, listeners, if it's controversial. The people that call themselves like Christian witches just don't want to give up. The, the, they're basically light workers. That's the only thing I can describe them as is like the mm -hmm. new age light workers who don't want to yeah. give up that relationship because they're afraid. Mm -hmm. They're afraid. They're afraid yeah. of what would happen if they if they turn their back on that 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 God. But they yeah. also feel like, oh, it's okay if I have my little, you know, my little devotional altar and I'm like, so I'm going to put a little statue of Mary on there instead and call her the goddess. And yeah. like, it's going to be fine. Or, or, or they're, they're afraid uh, or they're like, oh, I'll just have my tarot cards. The tarot cards don't hurt nobody, right? Yeah. yeah. But, but they're literally appropriating all of these like magical practices 
into their own belief system because they're tired of the the control mm -hmm. that comes from a Christian perspective. Yeah. But they also don't want to call themselves New Age people because they, they don't want to like delve into the other spiritual things that are appropriated by all the New Age light workers. But we're not going to go there. Yeah. Hmm. No, no, you're, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah. So you, you one of the other things that, that you um, talked about, and again, this is something that we already we already kind of danced around this a little bit or you already kind of spoke on this but but in in kind of exchanging some of our information and organizing this episode you you had shared some information on um the the bible and particularly the gospel of christ uh, within the bible right mm -hmm. as, as the basis for what would would i well not entirely but what should be the basis for contemporary christian belief right um but you were talking a little bit about how um what is included in the Bible today isn't even really, in essence, like the totality of what Christ was uh, reported to do, right? Mm -hmm. as, as to his his ministry and his miracles and all these things. So, um, so can you elaborate on that a little bit, or can you share kind of what we discussed on that? Yeah. So my my favorite book of the Bible was the Gospel of John, and at the very end of 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 John's Gospel, um, he was discussing like that like this isn't everything like uh in 21 john 21 25 i feel like we're going to church y'all um mm -hmm. turn in yeah. your bibles with me to john 21 25 and then the <laughs> lord said no and um there are many other things in which jesus did in that which if they should be written everyone i suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that were written about them amen mm -hmm. so that literally like what we have like yeah. When we look at all four Gospels as a totality, a totality, right? Which is the only, I like to call the Book of Acts like part two of the Gospel of Luke. So I include that because okay. Jesus is directly speaks in that one as well. Mm -hmm. um, if we look at all five of these books as a as an objective, only certain miracles were written about because they had to do with an aspect of christ um actually i like to tell people that this is what an epithet is um so jesus calls himself certain things in in the gospel of john alone right he says i am the bread of life right or i am i am the the good shepherd right yeah, yeah. um and and i tell people these are epithets he was telling people epithets of myself but in order to illustrate this he was performing miracles mm -hmm. alongside it because it was a lot like when he said, I am the bread of life, he did that right after he had fed 5,000 people. Yeah. Like bread and fish. Mm -hmm. And so, in order for him to do this, but when John wrote what he wrote, he was saying, like, listen, like that was just the stuff that we did in order to illustrate who he was. That not, that's not everything he did. He was doing things left and right because that's the amount of power that he had mm -hmm. like there's one um there's one story i can't remember which gospel i think it was featured in in three of them um this lady had an issue with some blood we're not sure what it was either she was hemorrhaging somewhere but she had like this chronic condition where she would bleed a lot and she just thought to herself she's like if i just go and i touch the hem of his skirts yeah i'm gonna be i'm gonna be fine right and g and here's the part that i love to do that jesus is in a crowd of people Right. He's surrounded by people and like they're pressing in on him because they all know who he is. 
And this woman comes and she's like on the ground and she just grabs the hem of his skirt just a little bit and instantly she's healed. Mm-hmm. And and Jesus and it says and Jesus perceived the power that came from him and he was like who touched me, yeah. And, and Peter is standing there and he goes, uh, "Do you see the crowd? Like what 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 the fuck are you saying? Who, who touched you? All of us are touching you." And he yeah. goes, "No, I felt the power go out." Okay, so if Jesus is this all powerful individual, right, mm-hmm. and we don't have all these things that are written about him, how do we know? Like you know, um. I have to ask myself, like, was Jesus himself a witch? Did he have such a connection to his own personal deity and his own personal spirits that, like, he himself, like, was trying to teach us, like, these are the things that, like, if you're going to be practicing these kind of, like, spiritual healing things like we do that ourselves we we make mm-hmm. tinctures and concoctions and we help aid along and you guys you you and you and austin both have done energy work on people and you michael i remember you telling a story um in one of the the past episodes because you know i'm a fan of the pod <laughs> um where you talked about how you helped facilitate a woman and helped ease her passing into the next world mm-hmm. through some energy work right yeah how are you any different from Christ? The yeah, only thing I, that makes I you have, different from Christ, I have been asked is that Christ that, that question every day for my entire. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding, Austin. Maybe you can answer that. How am I no different than Christ? I'm just kidding. Can, please go on, Joey. No, basically, like the the issue is is like you we we as witches, we as people who practice magic, and I'm not just calling us like witches. That's what I'm mm-hmm. calling us, but. Really, I mean, anyone who does magical practices can perceive the spiritual. We can feel when things are happening or when power is coming out. Like Austin has, uh, I don't know if you remember this, but you were saying when you, when you met me and you began teaching me, you were literally like, I can, I'm in Utah and I can feel it. And you've taught me how to do that. That's how I can start telling here in Indiana when people are like, I'm like, you a witch, ain't you? And they're like, mm-hmm. And it ain't because they're wearing a pinnacle. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And 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 it's it just that begs the question, like, is was Jesus himself a magical practitioner who just I don't like calling these people like ascended masters or things like that. I'm like, yeah. no, he probably just had a magical practice. Cause he he made concoctions. He there was one in the same gospel of John, he spat in the dirt and made some mud, put it on a blind man's eyes and the blind man went washed off and could see yeah like, come on yeah i mean i'm not gonna go spit in somebody's <laughs> eye but no no no, you're, no, no no you're i mean you're, you're absolutely right um along the lines of of jesus being maybe you know some sort of magical practitioner you know something like that. i i've often you know and of course this is one of those things where it's like okay we we'll never know right we this is this is again one of the other elements of mystery in, in christian the all are Christian uh, belief, right? Uh, but um, I, I've often suspected, and I've had many of a converse, many a conversation over the years with other biblical scholars about that missing, roughly thirty-year gap in the story of, of of Christ and his gospels, mm-hmm. right? We because we get the we get the story of his birth, mm-hmm. and then like you know we you know, boom, you know, the next time we really hear about him, you know, he's already an adult, 
Yeah, we yeah. also know, well, there is a little tiny story in Luke that talks about him as a 12-year-old where yes. he, yeah, yeah, yeah. he yeah. wandered away from his family and was teaching them, teaching mm. teaching rabbis in the fucking temple yes. about, yeah. like, things. And so you are you have to ask yourself, like, damn, like, was he, like, a baby Jesus raising people from the dead? Like, what is this, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, I just, I always kind of wondered, like, okay, you know, that, that span of time... You know, with with what we we see in, in his stories about the miracles and the the uh, things that he was able to do with the weather and and healing, and it's all these things. You know, like I'm like, well, who's to say that at some point during that 30 year gap, this guy wasn't, you know, like like in you know, learning and growing and and truly developing a powerful magical practice, you know, and we. We know at that at that point again, based on archaeological evidence, that that within that area of the world, a lot of those cultures they had a very established system uh, systems of high ceremonial magic. Well, the, Jesus literally like had roots in Egypt. Like he had to yeah. flee. I mean, he was only two years old, but we don't know. Like, if he go, did, he go back because it was right there. Plus, yeah. this was the Roman Empire. This was a period during the Pax Romana. So mm -hmm. this was like. Rome is established. It is at peace. Yeah. Like, yeah, you might see some squabbles here in like uh, different uh, Jewish texts talk about like a little rebellion here and there, uh, Maccabees and things like that. But yeah, yeah, it was largely at peace. And so you had all these commoners and trade routes and things like that, sharing and swapping the beliefs. That's where we get like our syncretizations of certain deities and things like that. Yeah. Who's mm -hmm. to say that Jesus was like, People are like, oh, he was a carpenter. I'm like, uh, he was a learned man. Like, there's a reason these 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 rabbis and these people are like rabbi and called him a rabbi because yeah. he knew what he was talking about. Yeah. Well, and I think you also you'll see historical evidence of um, in in many uh, occult traditions where it was common to. I, I, Basically, I, I think a lot of this had to do with just subterfuge and keeping the true element and the true nature and obviously, of course, the history of many of these occult traditions. And some of them, you know, are rumored, of course, to go back hundreds and hundreds of years, right? Um, but where you would see, you know, like, we don't refer to ourselves as magicians, we're masons, you know? Yeah. We don't, we don't refer to ourselves as sorcerers, we're blacksmiths. You know, we don't refer, um, you know? And so I, so I always kind of thought, wouldn't it be fascinating to find out that that there was a school of mystery or some sort of like magical cult or, or something within that area of the world where, you know, like carpenter, like we're, we're not magicians, we're carpenters, you know? Or, or I, um, I mean, you say that, but like, let's be real. Even the, the three wise men in the Bible, they were magi. They were called mm -hmm. magi for hundreds and hundreds of years before, yep. like we translated it to wise men to make it palatable at the fact that they were astrologers. Yes. They were astrologers. Yes, okay. They, they saw the uh, star. They followed the star to yeah. Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, well, not only that, but the gifts that they brought Jesus were all gifts that would have had very like high ceremonial use. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. So, no, I, I think I, I think yeah. we had a conversation about that once. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I just I I love those just things like that have always just fascinated me. Um what other point? I'm sorry, please go ahead. What was that? No, I just, I had a question because like, yeah. 
I, I don't want, I, I know we're going to get into it uh, a little bit more about the Christian God himself and yeah. boy, am I excited, but I, I wanted to ask <laughs> Austin a question because Austin, you have um, roots in like conjure and like different, um, I believe hoodoo practices. P please correct me if I'm wrong, yep. um, but y'all utilize the Bible quite yeah, a bit you. in your practices. You. Yes, we do. So do you think you might be able to explain how... I think you talked about it a little bit when you were talking about saints, but could you like maybe talk about how do you um, bypass that with a Christian God? Because like, honestly, the reason I ask that is because when I talk about Christian witches and how I think they can't exist, people like to point to people who practice like folk magic, you know, hoodoo, conjure, and they're like, well, these people use the Bible and they'd be praying okay. and things. Well, yeah, but that's, that's not witchcraft. Different. If you ask a hoodoo practitioner, uh, if they practice witchcraft, they're going to tell you no. If you ask an Italian folk Catholic if they practice Stregoneria, they're going to tell you to go fuck yourself. Um, we have to remember that folk magic and folk practice, not folkish craft, that's racism, but folk magic and folk practice are in and of themselves magical systems created by the people for the people right and so that's where that comes from second when we use the bible in hoodoo conjure and root work we have to understand that hoodoo conjure root work are not as old as things like haitian voodoo right mm -hmm. or uh traditional west african voodoo because hoodoo conjure and root work all come from the syncretization um, of different folk practices from different immigrants, everything from African-American slaves to Chinese immigrants and everything else, because it's constantly evolving and growing. Mm -hmm. So to deny the use of biblical passages in hoodoo, root work, and conjure is therefore to deny the oppression placed upon the ancestors who were forced to assimilate and convert from their traditional spiritual practices to fit the ideal of the colonizer. And so because of that, it's not that we're using it to... It, it's not that we're using it in terms of a biblical literist, right? We're not literally doing that. Instead, it is a talisman, if you will, that connects us to the roots, the bones, the blood, and the spirits of those who came before us who suffered that oppression that we, uh, who suffered that oppression and assimilated and grew and evolved, utilizing the Christian God, utilizing the, the white man's oppression to maintain and solidify our uh, the ancestral practices, so it is still in and of this in and of this day used that way. Now there are a lot of hoodoo practitioners who consider themselves Christian, and there's nothing wrong with that because you're still utilizing the Bible not just as a talisman at that point, but also as your liturgy. So, mm. um, which is why I, as a conjure practitioner, I am not a Christian. I'm far from it. But I utilize that Bible 
because my mama utilized it. My mama's mother used it. My mama's mother's mother used it. And so because of that, there is an ancestral lineage and tie there that goes much deeper than, ew, Christian. Make sense? Oh, absolutely. I just, um, it's funny you say that, uh, for lack of a better term, the oppression of the white man, because like I asked, I asked my friends all this all, all the time. And I even want to like ex extend that, um, like why to, to the members of the LGBTQIA community, right? Yeah. Why would you want to stay associated with a deity that literally hates you? Well, and if we think yeah. about it, and we think about this, because I, I ran into this um, actually this week, because I just wrapped up the conjuration of my St. Michael Oil and St. Michael Spikes. And there was someone who was physically repulsed by the fact that I, a witch, worked with this. And we have to understand that this spirit goes back farther than Christianity. Christianity. Yeah, like, seriously, I, like, what is it? His Hebrew name is Mikael. Like, yeah, it wasn't Mikhail. Michael. There, yeah, there was, there was no, there was no, there was no deity, or there's no spirit exactly. that was called Michael. Hi, Michael. Well, How's it going, Michael? And so because of that, <laughs> so because of that, um, I see that, and when I see someone who's so repulsed and is so uncomfortable with the utilization of saint or something like that, I look at that and I go. You have religious trauma and you're letting a book, you're letting a book and you're letting these other things that are essentially, for me, foibles and anecdotes control you. So for as much as you've tried to distance yourself from this religion that you feel oppressed you, hurt you, and traumatized you, you are still allowing it to control you. Yes, I literally tell people all the time. I mean, I I would be one of those people. I'm like a vampire sometimes with Bibles, which is mildly hilarious because like, <laughs> I no I I that the reason I talk about translations and things is because like my degree was in theology, but I also had like a fascination, and I was like, in the process of like, having a minor in biblical translation, mm. because like the art of translating the Bible and how like even our physical Bibles get made is so freaking fascinating but that's yeah. beside the point the point is is like kind of like a vampire with it because like sometimes it's like gross there but <laughs> at the same time austin you've taught me like the quickest way to do a nice cleansing bath you know you get your hot water you put some some herbs and you, you, you say psalm 53 or 51 over it yeah not 53 you know bad. 53 is bad. 53 is bad, but like 51, have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. Curses. Mm. So you mentioned um, just now that you, you, you know, you, you kind of, you've asked that, you've had that conversation or you've, you know, that's something that always comes to you where you talk about like, okay, particularly people who would identify themselves as witches, who are mm -hmm. also members of the LGBTQ plus spectrum, right? And there are a lot, mm -hmm. a lot of witches. Yeah, so that are that are part of <laughs> part of the LGBTQ. You know, that's that's a there's a big overlap there. Um, there's literally books about being queer witches. Come on. Now. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know. And so, but but to um, but to, you know, to 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 kind of throw that out there, like, okay, you're this. You know, say you're you're the you're the, you know, who you know, you're the G in the LGBT, right? And you're, mm -hmm. you know, but and you're also identifying as a witch. 
why the fuck would you want to identify as a Christian when everything around that is anti who you are? Um, you know, and also, you know, I extend that just to to women, even like cis het women. You know, it's like mm-hmm. why why would you claim why why would you want to have anything to do with an organization that um that never has and probably never will see you as equal to men in spiritual authority and power. You know, like why, why would you do that? Why would you claim that? You know, and again, and I think that takes us back to what we talked about earlier with, they don't, they don't claim that because they want to be able to pick and choose. They want to be able to take, like, I'll take this piece, but I'm going to leave I'm going to leave the toxic masculinity. I'll take this piece, but I'm going to leave the misogyny. I'll take this piece, but I'm going to leave the homophobia. Right? And you can't mm. do that. You can't do that. Um, yeah. Because... Very simple answer. And, 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 and I hate to simplify it like this because it is so complex of an issue, but the baseline is fear. Yeah. This God controls his flock through fear. Mm-hmm. And fear alone. In fact, literally, the Bible says to fear the Lord thy God. Yeah. And and sure, we can like make that sound palatable. Like, oh, well, fear actually meant like have a respect for. Mm-hmm. And while there is a part of that that is true, when I, I again, I was a biblical literate. When it says fear the Lord your God, you fear him. Jesus even said, you know, don't fear, yeah. don't fear like mutilation. Fear the one who can throw both your bodily and your soul into hell. Yeah, it's like fear. Yeah. Be afraid of what this God has done, and will, according to their book, do again, like mm-hmm. Revelation. Oh, absolutely, um, and and they're looking forward to it. Like, oh, absolutely. I've, oh, I've yes. Had interactions with with even even recently with a few people who are, uh, you know, Christians, born again Christians, evangelicals, Baptists. They're they're looking forward to that. They want doomsday to happen. Like they they want that to happen because that for in their belief that means they're one step closer to being able you know to once again to rejoin their God. Um, and and I as a Christian I I confess I was one of those people and I'll tell you why as at least from my perspective it wasn't so much like oh I get to be closer to God yeah that's great honestly the concept of heaven seemed largely intimidating like what the hell are we gonna do forever. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but it was it was it was the it was the uh, this is going to make me sound so weird, but it was rest. I was tired. No. And I and I have to say, I have not been as tired as I was when I was a Christian. And I think it's OK. It's so funny. I am almost 29 years old. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, there are pictures of me in my house of when I was 18 and 21, respectively. Now, I was out. But I was, like, not out to my church. Everybody in the world knew I was gay except for the church for some reason. They were just willingly ignorant. But during that time, people say I look way younger now at almost 30 than I did when I was 18 or 21. They're like – and I'm like, it's because I was tired. I was stressed. I was leading a double life. Yeah, I was I was all of these things and I wasn't my most authentic self and I am now and I feel free like I wanted the end of the world so I could stop pretending. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, th- I think to be honest, I think a lot of people you say that might make you sound weird, but I think I think a lot of people, if they're being honest and when if they're buying into that religion and that belief, a lot of people are probably right there with you. 
Like, how nice will it be not to have to worry about this anymore? Oh God, I don't have to. I I won't have to worry about being gay because we're not going to have marriage in heaven, so it's not going to matter. Exactly. Um. No. Yeah. And and, and things like that. But that but, worry and that fear, though, you know, talking about, you know, something that I've thrown out a few times on this episode, that worry and that fear, that to me, like, that is, okay, this is the heart of deprogramming ourselves from these things if we're going to move into paganism slash witchcraft slash folk magic as a, as a new belief system and spiritual practice. We have to do what we can to shake off, to, to cut away the shackles of that fear and that worry and that need like we feel like i've got to be something that, that i'm not that i really i can't be because it's just that's just not who i am but it's the only way for me to, to gain approval right not only from a god but also from the other people around me right because you get that that community mentality with organized religion as well right everybody's judging yeah. everybody's watching you right so so mm -hmm. yeah so i I don't, I don't know i think you know that that to me i think people talk about the concept of deprogramming and they're like well that i i don't like i can't just forget all the all the biblical passages i memorized i can't just forget all of the the, the church services that i helped organize i can't just forget all about my friends in the in the church you know like no that's not what that is that's not deprogramming the deprogramming is is looking very carefully at your belief system and seeing oh my god i lived this way i believed this way and and it put me here and i no longer now need to do this i can let go of this fear i don't need to fear eternal damnation i don't mm -hmm. need to, i don't need to live my life as if i'm a sinner and i am unclean you know i i, I have two things to say to that because yeah. you're 100 percent correct but like um you say like uh, you th the, the people are like i can't forget all of these things and mm -hmm. like it reminds me and my nerd side is kicking in but do you all know about you know lord of the rings and the hobbit series yeah yes. yeah um in the movie version because it's not in the book there's this one line that you know this this lady elf is crying over like spoiler everybody if you haven't seen the movie sorry about it but like <laughs> this dead dwarf right and like they were in love with each other right and she's like mourning him and she asks this other elf who's with her she's like why does it hurt so much and he said it hurts because it was real yeah and like when, and I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it, Ugh, because like, I'm try, I'm going to try not to cry, not because of that scene, but it's like, those things happened. And yeah. I need anybody who's listening to this, I need you to understand, like, if you're in the middle of deprogramming, embrace it. Mm -hmm. It hurts because those really happened. You made those connections. Those were, however, like, bigoted those people might be they were still legitimate relationships and it is okay to mourn that and yeah. you need to mourn that but you need to let go yeah you need to let go of the fear you need to let go of the pain be angry go through those five stages of grief okay mm -hmm. you need to do that yeah and on the mm -hmm. second hand when there are and this is a little, it might be off topic, but when there are deities that will reach out to you in your practice that you've been taught your whole life to mistrust and, 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 and be afraid of, and they approach you and they say, I am here to, and I know we all have our opinions on like how, you know, our pagan deities operate, but I believe this about yeah. this one particular deity. And I think you kind of know who he is. Mm -hmm when when lucifer approached me 
it was the most wonderful experience of my life because a the christian god never did that he never showed up to me he yeah. never came to me in a dream and here this this entity is that you know like sure he's not the same lucifer of the bible but like we hear that name mm -hmm. and yeah. we see that being and we're like i know you and he's like you don't know the first thing about me yeah but i am here to teach you to love yourself mm-hmm I already care about you. I love you. I love all of humanity. And I'm going to show you how to live and really live. And yet we're over here like, mm, 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 nope, nope. But here's the part of being a Christian is when those spirits come to you, and those, those, those mm -hmm. entities come to you, it's going to be scary. But that's letting go of that fear. Yeah. Envelop yourself in that process. Mm -hmm. But... No, I, I, yeah. no, no, I, I agree with you completely. And yeah, and I, I think, um, yeah, yeah. And I, particularly for that, that particular God, um, because of the associations of that, that he has from that, from the Christian perspective, from the religious perspective. Um, yeah, that Lucifer in particular, I know can be hugely triggering for a lot of people. Um, but, but your experience with Lucifer, I think is, to be honest, is the experience that a lot of people who who kind of come to him or who he, he kind of comes to um have you know there is there's just there's a love and, and a welcomeness there and there is um even from the beginning very clearly you do not need to fear me and 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 the thing about lucifer was like he is so demonize that like you know even now it's almost like we have to be like all right do i want to tell people who i'm working with because they're yeah. going to automatically think i'm just trying to stick it to the christian god yeah and and that that's the other thing lucifer is a god he is mm -hmm. not an angel he is not a fallen angel he is a god he was here before the world had its first he was the world's first sunrise mm-hmm and yep. you're over here trying to get me to be like, oh, no, Lucifer's scary. I don't want to work with him. It's like, no, no, no. If anything, he's the one deity you need to be running to yeah. to help you deprogram and to learn some self-love and get rid of the self-loathing. Mm -hmm. And I would say the one you, if 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 not him first, then Hecate at least. Right. Yeah. Hecate, she would be like, oh, absolutely not. This is not happening. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah, but, both of them are very good for that. Yeah, that's why that's one of the reasons why Austin and I talk them up so much is because they are two of the gods that we have, you know, very strong connection to, and we we've had the opportunity to see what what they are like to to work with and to connect to, not only in our own work in our own lives, but in those of, of many other people who we we also have connected with over the years. So, yeah. Yeah, I know one of the other things that I know we wanted to talk about um, was this. Th and again, we're kind of getting off on a, another little bit of a tangent here. But since we, we've gone, you know, full biblical and we've talked about, you know, the Christian God and all that, I figured, like, let's let's do this. Um, let's take it to church. Yeah. We're going to church. There tonight, kids. No. There you go. But, <laughs> but there's this there's this theory that the Abrahamic God uh, isn't really who he is believed to be. And I I kind of in you know in kind of exchanging some of our notes on this episode you know i i always kind of see this happening in a couple of different ways or, or i see two different scenarios around this right with the the abramaic god not being who he is believed to be okay one 
that the Christian God, the Abrahamic God, right, has done such a brilliant job at spiritually gaslighting humanity and his followers for so many years. Um, which I want to say, as someone who's had interaction with several different deities over the years, I want to say gods don't really care about trying to fool you. They, they don't really care about trying to play tricks on humanity. They really, they don't. They've got much bigger shit to deal with. But for the sake of our, you know, of our discussion, say that the Christian God has done such a brilliant job at spiritually gaslighting his followers, um, you know, that, you know, and, and again, I guess where I'm going with that is that, that, that the concept of that, that he has done that, that the Christian God has been gaslighting and, and basically working as just a big trickster kind of a spirit to the people who believe in him. Um, this has always kind of supported my belief that Christi Christians really basically are just worshipping an egregore. Um, that they're not really worshipping what I would identify as a as an actual deity. That this is an, an egregore uh, created through all of those those foundations that we see associated with Christianity, right? And I'm not talking I'm not talking the good stuff. Okay, although I'm sure there's some of that in there too. I, I you know, we, we've we've talked a lot of shit about the church and Christianity and, and Abrahamic faith and all that tonight. But I do want to say that those are things that absolutely can hold value for people, and and there there's there is a lot of beauty in a lot of those things. You know, if you're you're really doing it right and you're being a good person, you know, the charity, you know, the humility, the forgiveness, you know, these are these are all wonderful things. Um, but we don't really see, I think, those, those things really being the driving force behind Christianity much anymore. Um, but what's your what's your thought on that, Joey, about the Christian God really basically just being kind of a like a big egregore? Um, so it's still a developing theory with me, but mm -hmm. I will say I don't believe that the God of the Old Testament is the same God of the New Testament because of how they're both ah. depicted in various dramatic okay. lights okay and so the the god of the old testament is very much the, the the jews god he is he is he's the jewish people's god yeah and um i believe that that god is part of a um a, a canaanite pantheon because the canaanites yes. were in that region before yeah. the israelites and the israelites wiped them out yes and because of that you know i believe that jesus came and he might have had a relationship with what he i don't think that jesus was preaching an egregore so to speak mm -hmm. but if he was talking about the 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 jewish god he had to have definitely been a mystic of some type to have that kind of deep relationship if if, oh, if yeah. we're going with like he, he is not the son of god thing you know, mm -hmm. which me even uttering that phrase is going to cause, cause some people's heads to explode. Um, <laughs> like, like oh, the, bla the ultimate blasphemy. That is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. How dare you? No, anyway. Well, I don't um, think anyone who listens to our podcast is going to be too worried about it. <laughs> I would hope not. We hope not. No, uh, but um, the, the, the Christian God is not the same of the God of the Old Testament because they are totally, like, they really are different beings. Like, sure, like the end of days that god is not necessarily the nicest god but like yeah he kind of is just dishing out what humanity kind of has come into it as a whole yeah yeah but um but the god of the old testament is a very bloodthirsty and like 
go to war, wipe out this whole. And I, when he meant wipe out this whole people, like if it didn't happen, he was killing Israelites because they didn't do it. Oh yeah. Um, and like, you don't see that in the New Testament. You see very much like a be a good person, like love one another. Mm-hmm. Um, the things that like all the Christians want to have. Yeah. They 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 cling to that, which is why I believe the God of the New Testament very well could be an egregore that has gotten its strength and power over the years through collective belief. Mm-hmm. And but that bodes the question then: Is that God even all powerful? Because isn't just the egregore? It's just a spirit that it's whatever we give it to. It's no different than the boogeyman. If I believe in the boogeyman, yeah. it's going to have whatever power I give it. Yes. Yeah, that, that, that is, yeah, in essence, yes, that's kind of the concept of an egregore, how egregores are created and, and sustained, yes, mm-hmm. yeah, so. And, and so, yeah. like, like I do not believe that um, the Jewish God is an egregore at all. I truly yeah. believe, like, based on, like, actions and responses, he is not, he is definitely a war god of some type. He is, yeah. he is, he's a god that wants to annihilate his enemies, and would not stop nothing until it, it happened and because yeah. even even from up until abraham like when we're reading the the new testament mm-hmm. um not the new testament excuse me the old testament where it's like genesis and we have creation and then there's ah, 11 chapters yes. mm-hmm. before yeah. we meet abraham himself right yeah the the other than you know annihilating the whole world with the flood like that god of the first 11 chapters is just kind of there He's getting worship and, you know, he gets called, you know, Elohim for the first time by a group of people in like chapter six or something like that or whatever. And like, um, if we look at this, the Canaanite pantheon, they had, Michael, you know more about this than I do. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Talk yeah. about that just a little bit. Because it, it explains my thing. I'll explain my theory after you kind of give the, the, the thing. Well, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, the, the, if you, I mean, if you look at the, the roots of, the, the god as identified in the old testament you know that that the worship of that god originated in older canaanite um and not not just canaanite in a few different uh cultures or a few different people uh and communities kind of around that same area of the world there a lot of people don't realize that but that area of the world was um had a lot of different kinds of people um you know, and and you know, there were a lot of cultures that really kind of and uh, kind of lived together and established societies together. And so you see, um, Canaanites uh, are what we've come to identify as the Canaanite pantheon. But those gods would have also been worshipped by many other people in that area. Um, you know, you also see uh, references to older things like Ugaritic texts and things like that, where they actually, you know, and that goes even further back. You know, where that that's really kind of the roots of a lot of the pantheon or the spirits that became the Canaanites gods you know and so mm-hmm. um yeah and so you know and so all of that kind of progressed and i think we were talking about this um within just the last couple of episodes we talked about how uh this dynamic that we see how it was very common in those cultures in that area uh or era excuse me um that all of the uh, uh nobility all of the royal families all of the people that were uh maybe not even royals necessarily, but the people who were influential in the running of their communities, their societies, their cities, that they all would uh, kind of align themselves to a particular god within the, their, the pantheon of their culture. Um, and mm-hmm. and it was kind of seen like, okay, so if your family worships um, Baal, the god Baal, you know, mm-hmm. and, and your family is the one that is 
holding power, your family is the one that is really kind of calling the shots and running, running the, the you know, the city, the culture, the community, um, then it would just make sense for everyone else within the city to also, also worship Baal. Okay. Mm -hmm. But, you know, because they, they don't, for one thing, they don't want to get on your bad side. For another thing, they're going to look at you as someone who worships Baal and you have all this power, all this wealth, you know, you have, you have all this control. And obviously those must be things that have been ordained to you by God, right? The God you worship has made sure that this is the life that you get to live, right? So, so it was smart to believe in that God. Um, where you see, like, say, the next town over, the next, uh, you know, city over, they're they're going to worship instead of Baal. They're going to worship, uh, uh, well, Yahweh, right? You know, the the, mm -hmm. the 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 you know the first Abrahamic God, right? And so, and then what happens, you know, in those two scenarios is sooner or later those two countries, those two societies, go to war. And, and the old stories actually kind of say that as the as the human societies would go to war, that was in essence kind of uh, paralleling the war that was then seen happening between their gods. So if Baal, yeah. if Baal and Yahweh went to war on a, on a god level, on a celestial level, that meant that their societies and their worshippers then would also be at war. Um, you know, and as is often the case, one of those societies, one of those, those armies would eventually defeat the other. And when that happened, that God then became, okay, now this is our God, right? Um, yes. And that's mm -hmm. how you see, that's how you see, um, Yahweh becoming uh, such a, a prominent deity within that area of the world is the people that worshiped Yahweh were just better warriors in essence that's really kind of what it comes down to the people mm -hmm. who worship yahweh were just better militaristically better politically they had greater resources they were you know they they rose to power through basically their very human conquest of that area of the world and mm -hmm. as a result their belief in their worship in yahweh was you know, that became the norm, right? And you know, and we talk about that in the context of you know of these old Canaanites uh, and and Aramaic uh, or the Aramaic, the the uh, Christian god. But but that, to be honest, that kind of a phenomenon happens all over the world. That's always been um, kind of kind of how it's worked, right? We saw that you know um, even within the last few centuries, when you look at the um, the way that uh, the indigenous communities even even within our area of the world within the u.s you know the indigenous communities here that were um we know have been so horribly victimized and harmed mm -hmm. by you know everybody the spanish the dutch the english basically and anybody who originated the in dutch. europe at some point has done something harmful to the indigenous community right um mm -hmm. and that's kind of kind of what happened there right the christian missionaries showed up you know, they saw a, a community, a group of people happily worshiping their spirits and their own gods, and they couldn't allow that to be, right? They, that couldn't happen. Mm -hmm. So through their their militaristic capability, through their violence, through their propaganda, through their spin, through their smallpox blankets, blankets they were able to wipe out these communities and in the process destroy much of the information and much of the history around their their spiritual practices um so that's a phenomena that happens all over the world and it's always really been that way um and which leads me to my second theory which is mm -hmm. if this christian god is the same as the god of the old testament then there is a reason why this this people of his is so violent 
and so militaristic in their approach as to like wanting to take over so many things like you see it even today in 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 u.s politics like i'm i'm in indiana mm -hmm. indiana just became the first state in the union to legally outlaw abortion yeah except in like a couple instances and i mean like totally outlaw it is signed sealed delivered the whole thing yeah but yeah what it was spearheaded by a group of christians mm -hmm. who were militaristic in their approach they infiltrated through things like getting certain people elected yep. they 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 take this as an actual war on sin yeah and that makes you think oh well if this christian god isn't an egregore and it is the same deity of this this warlike people then it makes sense that the people who follow him are warlike, yet he makes himself palatable through things like, oh, we just love these people. Yeah. Oh, we are gonna love one another. We're gonna love these people and we're gonna we're gonna, you know, serve the poor, we're gonna be the needy. Because how else would you I mean it's the same thing you see in like um I I, I might be speaking out of turn here, but like the Norse pagan community where they say like, oh, you know, our our deities like Thor, he's not all about the war. Odin's not all about. He's the All Father. He's about magic, and sure, he might have those aspects, but at the core of it, they're still a warlike people themselves. Like you cannot and will not give these 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 deities offerings of like, I'm gonna give you some pretty flowers because I love you, Odin. He's gonna be like, or if you want my attention, go beat up the person in the fucking yard. Yeah, go beat go go fight somebody, and then I'll give you my attention. Yeah. Why? Because these were warriors. Yes. And the Christian God's no different. Yeah, that that's true. I mean, yeah, if, if you look at for our listeners, yeah, I mean what we're really what we're referencing is we're referencing um some of the older translations of of the deity that became the Christian God. Um, mm -hmm. and the understanding that that deity within the Canaanite pantheon, within the pantheons of that, of those cultures in that era, um, that that deity, one of the things that Yahweh was seen to influence was war. Yahweh was, um, in, in some translations often seen to be kind of like that pantheon's version of Mars or Ares. Mm -hmm. uh, and Yahweh did other things too. Like he wasn't he wasn't just about war, um, but but that aspect of that God was in, in particular would have been used to focus absolutely the any kind of political or military kind of conquest effort from those cultures and those communities. Mm -hmm. We we got we do that now in our own culture. I mean, look at look at we've got as you were just sharing, you've got all these people in the U.S. now that are identifying themselves as Christian nationalists, you know, um, and it's like. Oh my God! Tell me, tell me, you people aren't trying to start some sort of twisted, sick Christian Third Reich, right? They, like, want, they, like want you're, a you're, you're, they do, they do, and they're, and once, you know, and God forbid if they they get that to be the case here in the U.S., it won't stop here. Mm -mm. These will be the same people no. that will then start declaring war on every other country that has a different religious system. And we and and the wheel will spin because if history isn't learned from it is repeated and yep. we just the crusades aren't up we're not above the crusades we just got bigger and better toys than swords and spears yeah. oh yeah that's exactly it yep so so but, one one other thing I wanted to talk about we talked about how you know the possibility and of course we'll, we'll never really know right we 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 can't know that mm -hmm. you know with our our limited human understanding our mortal understanding of these things so we can't really ever probably know if the Christian God 
as as it is worshipped, as he is worshipped today, would really truly be more more of an egregore or not. But it's an interesting thing to think about. Um, one mm-hmm. of the things that, that we talked about, though, as far as, um, you know, the, the Abrahamic God really not being who many people believe he is, is alternatively, instead of, you know, God not being the trickster, right, or God not being an egregore, that God not being an egregore, alternatively, uh, we have to look at the possibility that the powers behind these churches, the, 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 any church really that is aligned to an Abrahamic faith, um, that these churches are the, the authorities, the humans behind these churches have basically been conning their congregants for centuries to, mm-hmm. build, to build and, and hold on to their political and financial power, right? Um, mm-hmm. And we know that that is definitely something that the church does. We know, we know that's, that's, that's the function of the church. I mean, look at these, like, these mega pastors, right? Like you, you, you can't tell me if a fucking Joel Austin, you know, who has like what, like seven mansions, you know, and like, you know, and, mm. and a private jet, like that. You cannot tell me that as as a a messenger of God's word, the Christian God's word, you cannot tell me that that God needs you to own seven mansions. That's insane, you know. Mm. And you know, and, and of course, the Catholic Church is no better. I mean, my God, look at look at the way that the the clergy of the Catholic Church gets to live, right? I mean, at least the higher ups, anyway, right? So, getting back to my point, so it's not it's not necessarily about that because that's something that churches have always done, right? But it's more to do, I think, with the idea that if this has been indeed the case, and that it is the men, the humans behind the church, the clergy, who have been basically lying and fabricating for centuries this religion, that means a couple of things. Okay, one that they are doing this deliberately to and disregarding the will of the god that they are claiming to worship which is really tricky if you get into that go down that path because then that takes us right back to okay well exactly how powerful and omnipotent can this god really be to allow this to happen right Mm -hmm. or or that the god that they worship is in on the con and, and that he is just as corrupt as the men who are running his churches. And that, that's a scary that's thought. That's an interesting theory. Um, I mean, if you think about it, like deities like that are all about the conquest, they, they want the booty. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it it makes sense that like, a Christian God would be in on it. Like, what? What better con than like to buy, have people buy into it and willingly give you their riches? But I, as someone who wasn't in the church, I can tell you that there are more people that believe against that. Honestly, like they get just as angry at Joel Olstein or fucking uh, okay, good. I, I, my my favorite one they used to rip on was Kenneth Copeland. Yeah, uh, Kenneth Copeland. Yeah was was famous for being like i have to have my private jet because if i'm on there with like all the other people their demons are stopping me from getting my ministry ready and i have to have this this private cabin to do all my ministry prep so that when i land i can just get out there and preach the god's word and people fucking bought it and they sent him that money and they bought that second and third and fourth private jet uh jesse duplantis we're looking at you too there i could have a list oh Oh, god yes there are so many of them yeah, but like there is enough Christians out there that believe against it, against what what we have come to call the prosperity gospel. Yes, the the, the health, wealth, and and prosperity. Yeah. So like I I would say that like, bless you, Austin is sneezing. God bless you. 
the Lord bless and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. Uh, Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. There you go. Ew. That's the air the, the Aaronaic wrestling. There you go. Anyway, um, no, there are enough Christians that are against the prosperity doctrine. Okay. Well, at, least very, in, at least in at least in in word. I don't know about practice, yeah. but in word. I'm I'm very happy to hear that. I'm I'm very happy to hear that because I guess I have to look at the phenomena of that. And I'm like, okay, so what as a member of that flock, you know, like I, I have to look, I'm like, okay, so are you basically, are you telling these people then through your example? Because I, you know, if you're going to put yourself in the position of being a pastor or a holy person, right? You, you, you need to be an example, right? That, and that doesn't mean you need to be perfect necessarily because we're all human and no one is, but, uh, but as someone who is now living as an example of what this faith should be, in essence, aren't you basically telling people like, if your faith is strong enough, you can be just like me. You can be a millionaire. You can live in a mansion. Well, you own your own jet, right? The 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 people that I looked up to that spoke out against it. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I hate to name drop these people because I hate I hate one of them in particular. Like, well, you're good. Uh, you're good. Yeah, you you don't. You, I mean, you don't need to go there. But, no, 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 no. It's fine to go there. I just I want to caveat by saying like I I no longer look up to these people, but like I did at the time because they spoke out against people like the prosperity doctrine. People like John MacArthur, uh, John okay. Piper, they <laughs> themselves were rich, but they would tell the people like I got rich because I wrote books. I got rich because I keep writing books and I do these things and I have royalties and I give my percentage to the church and that's why. We don't ever demand you tithe here up at these churches. Like we ask you to give because it's like their quote biblical mandate, but yeah. it's not like pressured like at these prosperity churches that are like, if you give us your Tammy Faye Baker, if you give us your money, we're gonna send you blessings and God's gonna give you that. I'm speaking life into your finances right now. Yeah. And like all these things. Like, no, they would get up there and be like, No, we got rich because we worked hard and got rich. Okay. Like yeah. um, and they were very much not against it, but that's a whole different conversation, like capitalism and things. But I'm not yeah, no, you're that. Right. Yeah, you're good. You're good. But, well, I mean, that's also that's that also to me has always kind of been something that speaks to the hypocrisy of the church, the organization of the church, the people. So, not, not the not not the spirit, not the God, but the people. Um, sell what you have and give it to the poor, and then come and follow me. Yes. And the rich man went away sad, for he had many possessions. Yes, this is easier to for a a. a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven um yeah and jesus yeah. Uh, my favorite one i used to quote was when jesus said uh, foxes have holes and and roosters have nests but the son of man has no place to lay his head he was basically telling that dude bro i'm i'm homeless yeah yeah like you, you want you want it you want to come fuck with me i'm you ain't gonna go have a place to sleep it's yeah. not gonna be fun yeah we see a lot of that. I think I mean, if you if you people really read those stories, I mean, another one of my favorites was always when Jesus went into the temple and he accosted the tax collectors. <laughs> you know, and I was like, I was like, there is not a a single clearer passage in a holy book than that that basically says this is not what this is about. Consum it makes me think of uh, yeah, consumerism, think, uh, capitalism. These are evil things. I feel like Austin would appreciate it. it. Makes me think of the the line from Jesus Christ Superstar: "My temple should be a house of prayer." That's uh, Lloyd Webber, and I don't like Andrew yeah, Lloyd Webber. Yeah, you're not a, you're not a, a Lloyd Webber. <laughs> I like I like Phantom. That's it. Gross. Even that. That's too the much. The only awful. reason I like Phantom. No. The only Phantom's reason great. I like Phantom is because I'm like, oh, I can sing that. Okay, I, I like Phantom. I've never been clear on this because I also loathe Andrew Lloyd Webber. 
I, 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 I'm, I'm going to out myself right now. I'm not a musical person. I think musicals are shit. Um, but I know, I know. I said it. I went kind there. of a gay are you? Uh, you you can it's take, the kind of gay who took me on a second you date can, to book uh, of Mormon and you, it was fun. You can take you can take my card away right now. But anyway, but uh, weird weird question. So is so Andrew Lloyd Webber. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. is Lloyd a middle name or is Lloyd Webber a hyphenated last name? I guess when oh, I'm hell, referring, I don't know. When I'm referring to him, should I be referring to him as Mr. Lloyd Webber or just Mr. Webber? Actually, I think it's Lloyd Webber is a hyphenated last name because yeah. I've heard him called Mr. Lloyd Webber before. Okay, well, and he's a sir now, isn't he? Didn't they know? Uh, yes, so sir, sir Webber. Sure. I just know there's two shows about Jesus. Three? I think he has no, 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 no. He has he only has one about Jesus, and then he has Joseph. Uh, and he well, what I'm talking about is like oh. Christian, because didn't he also write Godspell? Or was Godspell? No, I don't. Think he wrote Godspell. No, Godspell is something totally different. There's, yeah. there's, I, there's swear on a Godspell. You feel bad around curse. Okay, um, no, none of that. Anyway, but no, 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 okay. no, no. What I'm, I'm getting at is like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put a pin in what I have to say, and I'm like, if you, you cannot be a Christian and you cannot be a witch. Yeah, yeah, that I, is it. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we detoured quite a bit tonight, and I know that um, for our listeners, a lot of what we talked about tonight. Um, it may have sounded as though we were really, you know, crapping all over Christianity. And, you know, and I just want to be very clear. I don't I don't think that was anyone here, anybody that was a part of this podcast. And none of it, I think, was it was not our intent to to, you know, rip on Christianity or the Christian faith or, 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 or the, or the Abrahamic God. And we don't need we do enough of that. We that wasn't our purpose tonight. Our purpose tonight was to make it very clear that the doctrine of Christianity it makes it very clear that you cannot be both a Christian and a witch. Can't have your cake and eat it too. Really, sorry. You really, I'm looking you at, looking at, looking at you, light workers. Yeah, can't, can't have your cake and eat it too. You got to pick exactly. a lane. Yeah, pick a well, lane. And if you're a listener who is, you know, if if you're listening to this episode, if you've made it to this point without screaming and <laughs> and, and turning off the the podcast, um, and if you are someone who does identify as a Christian witch. You know, I, I really, I think maybe what it just comes down to is maybe it's just an issue of semantics. Just stop referring to yourself as a witch. You know, be a, Christian, be a Christian mystic. Be a, you know, be a, a Christian folk practitioner. Shit, do something. But you can't be a Christian witch. That, that, uh, that doesn't work. And if you have a problem with it, please go ahead and send us your, your, your responses uh, to my inbox. It is um, 1308... Um, I don't give a shit. Lane, <laughs> Indianapolis, Indiana. Four, six. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Well, well so actually, I mean, what, it, w- it would be really interesting mm-hmm. if we could have someone who claims to be a Christian witch um, on here with you and Mike, and maybe even Lauren, because Lauren is mm. very well versed. I would love to meet Lauren in the history. And uh, on top of that, we love Lauren. It's been a minute. Mm. Yeah, we talked about I having we Lauren. talked about having her back on the podcast a while ago. We we never arranged that. So oh, and too. she and she did confirm, in fact, that the only straight people that we have ever had on the podcast, knowingly at this point so far, are Vlad and Jeff. Yeah. I was gonna say, isn't that witchy dude? He's he's straight as an arrow. Yeah, yeah, Jeff, yeah, is, yeah Jeff, Jeff is, is very straight, straight and yeah. is 
I, I, Jeff has slowly become like a well, big we, brother to me. We know. I mean, I, 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 I mean, since you're going there, I mean, it's not that we we don't deliberately look for LGBTQ plus people. Oh no, to have on the podcast. I mean, it's great that we have, but it. but I I I like I like I like to have those voices on the podcast for one because that's us. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, I I think that. Oh, okay, I gotta be really careful with how I say this because it's, I don't wanna alienate anybody. But I think that being a member of the LGBTQ plus community and having to deal with all that comes with that. I and then beyond that, choosing to dive into an alternative spirituality like witchcraft or folk practice, these kinds of things. People who are a part of the LGBTQ LG, people who are part of that community, the alphabet mafia. Right. Um, I think we have a very different perspective. I think we have a very fresh take on witchcraft as a practice. I, I think that our perspective on these things is very different. Um, and, you know, and I know there will be people that will say, well, what are you talking about? Because there have always been LGBTQ plus people in the in the pagan community. And that is true. But if you look historically at all the big voices that we base our, our contemporary understanding of witchcraft on, those were all straight white men. Mm. You know, those were the, the Crowleys, admittedly bisexual, but still, <laughs> you know, still ran most of the time married women, you know, he, I... um, Buckland, you know, uh, I mean, I, th- I think the only big name that comes to mind right now that, that was absolutely like, yes, this dude was gay. And, and even he was not public about it, was Cunningham. Cunningham. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody everybody knew he was gay, but that never turned up in any of his writing. Not that it needed to. He wasn't writing about that. He was writing about witch, witch, uh, witchcraft and, and Wicca, right? So, okay, fine. Because, you know, I, I want to say right now, being LGBTQ plus is not an identity. That's not an identity. Any more than being a witch is an identity. Those are parts of an identity, absolutely. Uh, I, I think that the reason we see that happen though like we see like a large part of this fresh take happening is because it is a way of members of our community in particular and by extension um even people who are like part of the bipoc community yeah um as a way of like um reclaiming their sovereignty uh i we we jokingly say in my house because you know we we, we're we're a politically motivated household especially Mm -hmm. after like the whole debates of being there and things yeah. Um. Uh. Reclaiming my time. I am reclaiming yeah. my time. <laughs> and um, the thing is, is like, when you leave Christianity as a member of our community, mm-hmm. you go one of two routes. You go alternate spirituality, or you go anti spirituality. There is no in between. Yeah. yeah. You can't really stay in the middle lane because eventually you have to pick one side or the other. You either think it's all nonsense, or you think it's it's a hundred percent real. It's just not what that was. Yeah. And and that is is beautiful because people are taking it seriously now like sure there's still a lot of you know you get witch talk and cultural appropriation and we have all these things that still exist and have always existed and unless we do something now will exist until the end of time they will always exist they will just become less at the forefront of the culture and society or they will continue to be there and our voices will be louder and we will continue to educate. There will always be the blonde hair, blue eyed, dreadlocked Becky burning white sage and calling on your ascended masters of Coco Chanel 
to bless and consecrate you in a ayahuasca ceremony, sacred cacao sound bath, quantum metaphysical, fifth dimensional hyperspace scoochagoo. There's always going to be, there's always going to be that. The, the, Gosh, Austin, you sound super judgmental right now. Yep. And Listen, I, she 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 can pray to Saint Snooky. I will pray to uh, Saint uh, B. Arthur. Uh, go right ahead. Um, B. Arthur. So mm. so we're always going to have that. I'm afraid, um, unfortunately, in the community. But I think it's actually as for as much as we find that as irritating as it is, it it keeps us on our toes. It keeps us. Um, in the position to continue to educate and yes it is very tiring yes it is exhausting i can't tell you how many times i did a full moon ritual last night and i can't tell you how many people in there i just looked at and i was like you are so not into witchcraft you think you are but you're not and so when i had them milling about doing the things and i was yelling at them to push harder work harder I don't actually believe you. They were just like, angels? And I was like, no! I bet I know who you're talking about. So It was me, actually, everybody. I just was there. I had a wig on. You just didn't know. Um, so so we're always going to have that. And it's up to us to continue to step step forward and do it in whatever ways we see, possible, see, see necessary. Whether that is via a podcast that is filled with salt and sass, or whether that is through... Um, less abrasive or aggressive um, methods that involve hearing them and then attempting to kindly redirect and educate them, which is what I had to do last <coughs> night, which is hard for me because I am not nice. Gosh, you can tell you're tired if you were being nice to somebody last night. Lord. Oof. This is actually... Austin being Austin. You who listen to this, you have no idea what I live with at home. It's terrifying. Anyway, what you were just saying though, Austin, actually um, kind of brings us back to one of the, uh, kind of one of the questions that, that Joey was going to ask basically around like, so when, with the, getting back to the topic of our podcast, mm -hmm. so what, what do we do with this discussion from this point on? You know, like all of us as people who at least kind of find some commonality there right like yeah you really can't be a christian and a witch like what what is you you and joey you as well what what is your what, what what do we do about that how do we continue to kind of handle this discussion as it comes up in our community because it will it will continue to come up and i'm i'm very much the opinion if they come to me and they are seeking education they are seeking to learn that is a conversation I will have with them then. Okay. However, if someone comes in and they're like, I'm a Christo Wiccan. A Christo Wiccan? Yes, I've also heard people refer to themselves as Christo Pagans. Um, but What is know, Christo, though? They mean Christo? Yeah, like... Actually, they meant Crisco. Uh, Crisco as in, like, the all. It's... <laughs> Crisco. So, mm. so, but if someone comes in and they're like, I'm a Christian witch... I will just gently nod my head and agree. And when they ask, do we have any books on Christian witchcraft? I'm going to go. There aren't any. There aren't any because historically those things do not fit together. So maybe instead you should research magic with the Psalms. Well, actually, I was just going to say, we're saying there isn't a book on Christian witchcraft, but. <laughs> it was the Bible. But you got the Bible. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. There's a whole bunch of witchcraft in the Bible, <laughs> you know. And if and if they are insistent on calling themselves a witch because that term is edgy and it makes them feel empowered, who am I to take that away from them? I can educate. I can continue to present said information, and I can suggest, hey, maybe you should look into some books on conjure. Maybe you should read, you know. Uh, six but, stones roots but again but to be very clear that is not witchcraft that is not witchcraft mm-hmm. and i will explain that to him i'll say you're looking for magic and you're looking for empowerment you're looking for spirituality and i don't think you're going to find it in the the, the the pages of buckland and thorn mooney and and froiler and Keldon and matt Arn. you're not going to find it there because they are traditional witches they are witches they are traditional wiccans but you're not going to find it there so instead what you need to do is you need to find it elsewhere and then i will point them in the direction of the lucky mojo books as well as uh authors like Oliverdo, um alvarado alvarado sorry alvarado el dorado uh, stephanie roseberg and uh, other various authors who kind of fall into that realm of conjure root work and hoodoo as long as they themselves are not going to be horribly misappropriative or suggest that they take a class Mm. and that's how i'd handle that because i don't have the time in the day to try and sit here and rehash the entire almost two-hour podcast we've done with them (laughs) or i will just direct them towards this two-hour podcast and tell them listen to the very end okay well no so i mean so the bottom line what you're just saying so basically even though you're saying okay depending on the circumstance oftentimes it's really not worth the engagement because all you're going to really end up doing is upsetting that person yes and But, and but you would still say at the core of that though that calmly and respectfully having the discussion yes. is is education yes is always a good approach yes okay all right education through the dis disillusion of misinformation okay all right mm. hmm. i i ooh, it depends on uh, now if they're being a dick then i'm i was gonna say them. have you caught me on the wrong day because um no, I, I guess my inclination, like, Austin is a lot better at this than I am. Like, he, he's, he's very, he's like, he will be very respectful, whereas I, who, you know, because I was who I was as an ex, as, as an ex-Christian, I have and, like, involved. right, um, no, but, like, as, as an ex-Christian who, who, who has toiled and struggled and, like, worked through this deprogramming and just to you know relearn and rebuild a spirituality that is my own through you know i might be encountering some of these ancient and most powerful deities you know hecate lucifer diana aradia for all of those matters i i guess my thing is is that um i refuse to to sit there how do i want to say this without sounding weird it almost feels like it's a form of gaslighting when they're like i'm a christian witch i'm like no you're not no because that's those two those two terms don't exist and i i guess i would not be as nice i would be like no you cannot be a christian witch historically even if we're gonna go the lauren route which we love her to death but like the uh, new world witchery read that book and you will see that the whole purpose of like ain't you know uh, old world witchery like they would have these ceremonies where like the christian devil got involved so they would renounce and deprogram their faith yeah like you cannot have your cake and eat it too yeah. and you need to stop 
and 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 stop using excuses like oh well tarot uh, my, the biggest one i hate is the one that are like oh well tarot has all this christian imagery and it's like based off the kabbalah and the things I'm like that was the kabbalah like it's not jesus <laughs> yeah like ugh. and so i i i would also probably direct them to this almost two hour podcast and be like i just spent two hours <laughs> explaining how you cannot do that and here's why and if you want to have that discussion further you can we will set up a time and i will spend another two hours educating you mm. yeah i i agree with both of you i think that that um at least depending on the the context of the conversation and the position that you're in i think offering up some some education but again in a respectful way is always probably best and i'm not i'm not saying to our listeners i'm not saying that you should now go out and do that because we're witches we don't proselytize mm. um so don't go doing that, okay? But I think depending on your 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 position within your community, if you are a pagan, if you are a witch, specifically if you're a witch, um, depending on your position within your community, if you are someone who is, you have, you've earned the right, you have the knowledge and you have put yourself out there as a teacher or God, I, I hate to even use the word at this point, elder within your community, I think you do have a little bit of a responsibility to challenge this particular issue in people who approach you, you know, at the very mm -hmm. least just to get them to think about why, you know, why, like, okay, like, okay, if you don't want to change your mind on this, if you want to continue to claim this, okay, that is absolutely your choice. I cannot tell you how to be the witch that you want to be, but at least look deep enough to understand really what's going on here. Understand why. 100%. I, I, I cannot agree further like we're not proselytizing you don't see us going out on the street and be like have you heard about our great goddess and savior hecate soterra the savior of us all no we don't do that why because it's not our business yeah like who am i who do i who are you to me first of all that i have to proselytize and save you and like you are no one yeah like, to turn around and be like oh i'm a christian witch okay well that just tells me you're you might have a slight abuse kink but that's okay we'll talk about that later Mm, please degrade me, Daddy. Sky Daddy. <laughs> <coughs> All right. Well, I think we've I think we've we've hammered this topic into the ground. Let's. Uh, <laughs> is there anything anyone else would like to share? Is anybody anything driving us crazy or making us particularly happy about our community right now? We are fucking up the patriarchy in the form of like we are rising against. Like with the whole repeal of Roe v. Wade, like yeah, uh, we are uh, uh, even here in Indiana, we are angry, and we Good. are letting them know that we are angry, and like we are. I even see some of these um, threefold law-abiding Wiccans, which no shade to that. They're like, maybe we should hex the patriarchy. I'm like, mm, yeah. maybe we should. Maybe we should. Yes, yeah, like mm. we should have been hexing the patriarchy all along. Um, and some, some of us have been. Um, mm. I'm glad to hear that. Although it's interesting that because I was having this discussion with someone the other day, um, I've noticed that um, a lot of these um, hellfire and brimstone, like these really, really bigoted extremist Christian churches um, that have so successfully allied themselves to conservative Republican politics within our country, I've noticed mm -hmm. now that a lot of them are using the pagan and the witchcraft community's response to the Roe v. Wade situation 
and how a lot of us within the community are like, well, we're going to hex the patriarchy. We're going to work magic to make sure that this doesn't happen. We're going to we're going to work magic against the Supreme Court. Like I've seen these things. We we've I've I've done these things. You know, but I've noticed now that the the other side of that fight is now saying, well, this just proves that what we're saying is true, that witches are evil and they're organized and they're aligning themselves to not only the democratic liberal agenda, but also they are actively working against our Christian nation, which of course is bullshit because it was never their Christian nation ever. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just, I've noticed that though. I was like, I was like, these fuckers have become so good at their spin and their propaganda. They will take anything that happens around them and they will make that another tool to use to cast themselves as the religious victim and another tool to justify their own bigotry and hatred. I, you say that, and real quick, I know we're about to end, but like, I love how they're also trying to say, oh, well, that just proves that our God is greater than your gods. And it's yeah. like, oh, yeah. because we got it done. I'm like, you got it done through coercion and bullying. Yeah. We're getting it done through like genuine care for our fellow individual. And ours is the long game. We yeah. know that sometimes it takes um, a seven day candle to get shit done. So that means we can wait. All right. Mm. We can wait days months even years before yeah. we see the fruit of our work and we are patient beings yes, for are. a reason so go ahead yeah. go ahead and say that your god is greater we'll see that when we have uh, an all liberal supreme court and they're not just repealing their repeal of roe v wade but they're making it the law of the land they're yeah. saying these things yeah go ahead go ahead yeah absolutely yeah absolutely you're right. I, I agree with you yeah. so austin now everything is ruined Austin dropped a book. I dropped a book. I'm trying to think. Okay, so I'm keeping. Was it the one book on Christian witches? No. No. Tonight. I thought that that's what you were using as like a paperweight. The 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 little pamphlet that is that book. That one book that exists on Christian witches. I can't even think how it's called. We should write that pamphlet. So you want to be a Christian witch? Don't. And it just you open it. It just says don't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or 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 it'll be. It'll be empty inside, and then they'll flip to the back cover, and they'll be like, "You can't because that's not a thing." Yeah. Or, or, or you'll, you'll flip it to the back, and they'll say, "What were you looking at? That was the pamphlet." <laughs> there you go. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, are we good? Do we have an episode? I, no, I think we're good. I think we're gonna call it an episode. Okay. Mm, yeah. I'm gonna read mm. something. You're gonna read something from "Even Songs for Hecate" by Sarah Croft. Mm. Oh. Um, and this is, I'm going to modify a little bit so it fits groups. No. But this is a prayer to Hecate for blessings. Hecate, mm -hmm. shine in us, enlighten our heart. Caliste, you are to us, infinite light. Torchbearing mother of souls, bless us, enrich the world with your bright might. Hail Hecate. Hail Hecate. Hail Hecate. Mm. All right. Happy witching. Okay. Well, thank you so Happy much for witching. Uh, of course. Yeah, we, we will, um, we of course will be chatting at you, I'm sure, in the next few hours and uh yeah anyway um have a good night thank yeah. you so much again and uh mm -hmm. yeah everybody else who listened to the episode please send us send us your feedback send us your questions let us know all right we are here to answer and uh we will of course be back next week with a new episode